another episode of the Stay Eyes Podcast. It's your boy Chris here with you. And today is a great day if you're a Bulls basketball fan. We're living in a great time. So right now, you've just had the hiring of a new front office chief, Arturis Karnasovas, uh, who is now taking his seat as vice president and chief executive of basketball operations, pushing John Paxson into an advisory role and pushing Gar Foreman out of the organization for the first time in over 20 years. So now the long awaited and uh, much asked for change by Bulls fans is taking place, is set in motion. Uh, many people were upset about the fact that the Bulls didn't go after any, apparently didn't go after any minority candidates when it came to selecting their vice president of basketball operations. But, you know, I encouraged many people at the time, I uh, wasn't able to podcast it, but I did encourage people to just pump the brakes on that because you have to consider this. With all the outrage that the Bulls got for not hiring a minority candidate, a lot of these candidates still have to be cleared to be interviewed. So their teams that they're working for still have to release permission for other teams to interview them. And if you have a minority candidate who's some good in your organization, maybe you're a little leery to let that person go. Maybe you're a little leery to let them go to another organization because you may want to promote them so as to uh, not have the same outrage against your organization. So that could have been the case that held back some of the candidates. Uh, but we just don't know. We weren't in those rooms. But the Bulls, uh, Michael Reinsdorf, did claim that he reached out to some minority candidates and was unable to get full permission to speak to them for the role. Now that Karnasovas is in the position, in power, he is uh, taking it on as it seems like a mission to make sure there is good minority representation within the Bulls organization. Already hiring J.J. Polk as an assistant GM. He appears to probably be their cap guy, somebody who's going to be able to handle the numbers for them and deal with contracts. He has a legal background. He came over from the Pelicans. There's the talk of other uh, people, other people of color, minorities being interviewed for the position. And it appears that if the homegrown Michael Finley may have an inside track, he's the first person to have interview sessions with Arturis Karnasovas. And he came in the midst of other names like Mark Eversley, uh, who got, uh, who are going to be interviewed by the Chicago Bulls. Uh, also, some other candidates um, that were on the list for Arturis Karnasovas with the Bulls. Uh, I believe Pat Connolly, who also joined as a, a pro personnel guy. He is the brother of Karnasovas, former boss in Denver. So he came over with Karnasovas. So he may serve a similar capacity for the Chicago Bulls. Uh, also, again, Mark Eversley, Mark Hughes uh, from the Clippers, Matt Lloyd, formerly of the Bulls organization from the Magic uh, on the list of interviewees, potential interviewees. For the GM position, uh, Matt Lloyd being uh, the only candidate on that short list that is Caucasian. But Matt Lloyd does have a connection with the Bulls, and he was known to be quite talented when he was here with the Bulls. And even though he's talented, I'm a little leery. I want to steer a little clear 
maybe of Lloyd because you don't want to start back into that old faces we know thing walking around the hallways. If you're going to do a fresh start, you can find somebody just as talented as Mr. Lloyd to walk around those hallways and do the things that you're going to ask him to do. So it might be a good move just to go in a different direction than Matt Lloyd. Calvin Booth is another minority candidate whose name was floated out there to come over with Karnasovas, but he won't be able to be pulled in by the Bulls organization as the Denver Nuggets, as soon as Karnasovas left, moved Calvin Booth, who was known to be a rising star in executive ranks, minority candidate. Uh, he was a rising star over there at Denver. They made him the GM. They made him the new Karnasovas over there in Denver. So he will not be eligible to come over to the Chicago Bulls. But things are looking up for the Chicago Bulls. I like the style of Karnasovas. Um, you know, when something's new, everything's looking optimistic. It's better than the old hat. It's very, it's a good chance. Not a good chance, but it's a 50-50 chance. Maybe that Karnasovas comes in and he does just as poorly as Paxson and Foreman. He may come in and maybe even be worse. But it's new. It's a change. And it's the change that we've been asking for all around league circles. They say this guy Karnasovas is the goods. He's legit. So I look forward to seeing how he handles the hiring of his front office, eventually of his head coach. Because even though Boylan's around now, and he may stick around simply because, understand this, simply because the season isn't really over. So you, you're going to stand back and maybe get a look at what Boylan's doing. And while you get a look at what Boylan's doing, you're going to make some evaluations. You may evaluate some assistance working under him, things like that. Um, and you're going to see where it goes. Also, it appears Boylan has the ear of the, of the management, of the ownership. So uh, it may not be a rush situation where Boylan is getting terminated. But if this team is going to go anywhere, and I'm sure Karnasovas recognizes this, if this team is going to go anywhere, Boylan is going to go the way of Gar Foreman, where their vision will not be eye to eye. They, they won't have share that vision. I don't know what vision Boylan has, but it won't be shared with Karnasovas and Boylan too will no longer be a part of the Bulls organization. Interesting thing Boylan did is right after Karnasovas was hired, he released a statement talking about how willing he was and how uh, eager he was to work with Karnasovas. It seemed a little weird, but it's a real Jim Boylan thing to do. Um, Jim Boylan was, is, was known to be uh, kind of a kiss up from what I'm hearing in the media. Uh, some of the reasons that he was uh, always allowing Paxson and Foreman to come into his office. Everything that the Bulls brass at the time, Guard Paxson, upper management ownership, was asking for that they had trouble with Tibbs about. Boylan was that guy. Everything they wanted to do. They wanted to come in and give suggestions on how things ran. Boylan let him into the office. He talked to him. He reported to him. Uh, he became close friends with Guard Foreman, became close friends with Michael Reinsdorf. So he did. He's a survivor, so to speak. He does what it takes to keep his job, but I don't think those survival skills will mean a bit of anything when it comes to who's going to be the Bulls coach going forward. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what Karnasovas is looking at as far as coaching, what strategy he's going to be looking for. He did speak of free-flowing offense. 
Uh, some of the things he's looking for throughout uh, on an organizational level, he wants free flowing offense. Uh, he does want an attacking style defense, but I would think it wouldn't be the attacking style that we're seeing with the Bulls with boiling to where you're making yourself constantly vulnerable with uh, trapping uh, in the wrong positions. But, you know, it's understandable. You want an attacking style defense is going to cause turnovers and take advantage of getting out in the open court. That's more than understandable. He wants a free-flowing offense. That's the new wave these days with the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors of the world uh, running those systems and being successful over the past decade. So, again, I look forward to seeing what Karnasovas is going to do with this Bulls organization, top to bottom. No player is safe. No coach is safe. It's, it's, it's an exciting time to be a Bulls fan in the present. Now, let's talk about the past. Now, sometimes, myself personally, other Bulls fans, fans of Michael Jordan, often get criticized for living in the past. And the reason we live in the past and we love to live in the past is simple. The past was so good. To see the record of dominance the Bulls had throughout the 90s, it it was an amazing thing to see. And this documentary is going to give us a window into that last dance, which was the 97-98 Bulls team. Uh, we're going to see the interactions of the players of specific interests. Uh, we're going to see how Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen and Ron Harper and Dennis Rodman, how all those guys interacted with one another. It's going to be a beautiful thing to see, and I truly look forward to it. And I know that you do as well. It's time to release the tapes. ESPN and ESPN2 will be showing the Last Dance documentary starting at 8 p.m. tonight, Central Time, on Sunday. And it's it's going to be a treat. You're going to get some inside looks into some of the things we weren't able to get insight on. So imagine the Bulls then if... Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or TikTok existed then. That's what you're going to see now. You're going to see that that inside look into the Bulls. And you're going to see a lot of nostalgia. You're going to see some things that are going to remind you of, honestly, 20 years ago when uh, those things were in vogue and how the Bulls carried themselves and the pop culture going on around them. Those guys were the Beatles. So it's going to be interesting to see and that 10-part series is going to span apparently over a month and a week, five weeks. I'm, I'm pumped up about it. But what it has sparked again is the comparisons. The comparisons between Jordan and LeBron. The comparisons between the Warriors of 2016-2017 and the Bulls of uh, 96. Um, those comparisons have jumped up again. And I honestly thought we were done with them. I honestly thought that we established the the hierarchy in those comparisons, but it's not. And we realized that a lot of people of this era have seen little to nothing of those bulls back then. They see some YouTube clips here and there, and you know they they think they understand by comparison. And I'm not going to dive deep into the whole LeBron Jordan thing or even the the Bulls-Warriors thing, and and we talk about 
how the argument for the most part is it's never on a positive note. Look, LeBron James is one of the greatest basketball players to ever lace him up, to ever dribble a basketball. I'm not going to put a number on his ranking right now, but he is one of the greats. Do I believe Jordan's better? Yes, that's my opinion. A lot of people feel otherwise. The Golden State Warriors that won 73 games is one of the greatest regular season teams in NBA history. No doubt. The numbers prove it. In fact, if you listen to the podcast, you know, avid supporter of these of these Warriors, this this group of guys, and always loved the Warriors growing up. Next to the Bulls, they, they were my favorite team. I always loved their style. They've always been an uh, up-tempo team who put points on the board and kept you entertained at 9 o'clock at night after the Bulls game went off. So I grew to love the Warriors over the years. But they didn't close the deal. They didn't win the championship. And those 72-10 and 10 Bulls won the chip. They did what they had to do to bring it on home against a very tough Seattle Supersonics team who in their own right was an over-61 team. So they went out and they closed the deal. So there's no claim that the Warriors have to the title of the greatest team ever. Now, if you want to talk about the greatest regular team, regular season team ever, sure, they can be right there in the argument too. But I have my arguments against that as well concerning who's the better team there. And then you have Shaquille O'Neal who says that, you know, those Laker teams that he was on with Kobe would have beaten those Bulls easily. It's the same Shaquille O'Neal who played on that Lakers team. And those Lakers teams did at times give the Bulls problems. They did. But the Bulls also had situations where Shaq and Kobe and all those guys back then had their issues with the Bulls. If you recall, there was a regular season game where the Lakers were up pretty, a pretty good margin on the championship Bulls. And the Bulls surged back from over 20 down to beat the Lakers in overtime. So there's something to be said about that when you come and you talk about those comparisons that Shaquille O'Neal is bringing up about his championship Lakers teams against the Bulls. Would Shaq be a handful to deal with? Of course. We know who Shaquille O'Neal is. He was a handful to deal with. But Shaq was always a handful to deal with. And the Bulls... Learn how to deal with him. Would Kobe have been a problem? Of course. But the Bulls have played teams where there's other guys who are a problem. And in that time period, Michael Jordan still had the upper hand on Kobe Bryant at that time. There was a mental edge uh, that would go into playing those games. There was an edge as far as experience. Kobe was still learning. We're not talking about the refined Kobe. He was a killer still. But he wasn't that refined player that he ended up becoming due to some of those championship experiences. And those experiences came because he played lesser talent than Michael Jordan in playoff clutch situations. Then you take and you you look at other facets of those Lakers teams where you're talking about a, a Derek Fisher against a Ron Harper. Come on now. Come on. Or you take a, a Dennis Rodman. Uh, against a, uh, a Horace Grant. You know, we, we've seen that. 
we've seen it. And it's, it's just a rehash of what we saw in Orlando. And now you're dealing with Scottie Pippen and Robert Ory. See, the, these are matchups that we had already seen before. And at that point, Lakers' Robert Ory was no better than Rockets' Robert Ory, uh, who gave Scotty some problems, but Scotty usually got the upper hand in that matchup as well. So, Mr. O'Neal, I believe it have been a great series between your Lakers teams and those Bulls teams. But there, that was just something there. You had Phil, who, who was in prime Phil, and he was coaching more so than managing egos. I think when he got to the Lakers, it was more just managing those egos between Shaq and Kobe. And it's a lot to be said about that, but that's what that was when it came to those Lakers teams because the talent was there enough to win the championship. But, hey, those are the same Lakers that struggle with the Detroit Pistons and struggle with the San Antonio Spurs. So it's, it's, it's easy to see that they would have their struggles or could have their struggles against those Jordan-led Chicago Bulls teams. So in getting back to the Last Dance documentary, here is your episode schedule. All of these items will be on ESPN as well as ESPN2. Episodes 1 and 2 take place tonight, April 19th, starting at 8 o'clock Central Time. If any of you on the East Coast, that's 9 o'clock, and so on and so forth as you go west. Keep taking away an hour. Same agenda next week, April 26th, 8 o'clock Central Time. 3 and 4, episode 5 and 6, May 3rd, same time. 7 and 8, May 10th, same time. And 9 and 10, May 17th, same time. So again, for the next five weeks, we're going to get our fill, our, our healthy fill of those Chicago Bulls, specifically focused on Michael Jordan during that Last Dance documentary. Michael Jordan, who has uh, seemingly become a more reserved and milder person as he's grown a little older. Truly heartfelt words that we saw when he uh, spoke at Kobe's funeral. And we can see how you know, Mike has kind of calmed down and settled down. Doesn't even really do a whole lot of media anymore. But in a recent media interview, he said he does have the fear that uh, he will be seen as a terrible person. But it's no surprise. We know the type of competitor that Michael Jordan was. And it did have an effect on his personality. As Michael was known to do some things uh, that got on people's bad side. And that he could be deemed a bad person because of. But he, we also know that it seems for the most part he was raised right by his parents. So he did have a level of respect, a level of hospitality that comes just from being raised right in the South. And you can see it manifested a bit. But, you know, being the person who he is. And then when you're, when you're a star, when you're on top of the world like he was, you just talk differently. Um, not many people may... may uh, listen or follow this comic like I do, but there's John Mulaney. He has a bit about how superstars just talk differently to people and they think the way they're talking is perfectly fine and it sounds rude to us, but the way they're talking is just fine because whatever they say, people listen to whatever they ask for, people get for them. So needless to say, Michael Jordan may have been the same way, not excusing the behavior in the least bit um, because I do not like someone who's entitled and rude but I don't think we're going to be exposed to a whole lot 
worse than what we've heard or expect Michael Jordan to be. But we may be surprised. That's the beauty of this documentary that's coming out. We may be surprised at what we see. But we all we all had our ideas back then of, of what it could have been or what was likely taking place with those guys. Again, you had a lot of personalities on that on those teams. Even the guys who weren't necessarily key players, you can see now, like Steve Kerr on that team. He he's a vibrant personality today. Uh, love him or hate him. He he's full of personality. Back then I know Judd Bushler and Steve Kerr were buddies. Judd had a lot of personality back then. So uh, it'll be interesting to see even those other uh, auxiliary personalities that were there for that Bulls team. The guys who were high-strung, the guys who were low-key, you get to see that manifested in the dock. As far as what's coming up next for the Stay Ice Podcast, our previous episode where we had the 80s and 90s NBA Fantasy Draft. Uh, stay tuned. Uh, appreciate you all supporting on social media with that. Uh, casting your votes, giving your opinions. Um, we talked about putting it in a simulator. I'm still in the process of doing some of those things. So we'll have some uh, results for the fellas. And this is all in fun. You know, there's no nothing on the line here, no dishonesty or anything. It's just something the fellas wanted to get together and do. Look out for us doing also the 90s, not 90s, I'm sorry, the, the 2000s and the 10s, the aughts and the 10s as far as our fantasy draft. That should be coming up. In short order, look out for some recaps of what we've been watching as far as the last dance doc. Uh, you know it's going to be a lot to talk about. Look out also for some further information regarding Bulls moves uh, as developments take place. Um, a lot of states have been locked down for the rest of this month. So we don't know how that's going to affect sports going forward. But, you know, stay tuned with that. The NFL draft is coming up. Look out for talks as far as that. So uh, even though we're all locked in and cooped up and quarantined and uh, there's no actual sports being played, uh, it appears as if certain off the field items are taking place to keep our plates uh, a little bit full so that we can, you know, at least have something to push on with. And we're going to stay tuned with all of that. Stay Us podcast is going to be there with you for all of that. And then we're going to do some other things to pass the time that are fun. So, appreciate y'all rocking with me today. Once again, it's been another episode of the Stay Ops Podcast. Check us out. Check me out on all your podcast outlets. We talking iHeartRadio. We talking Spotify, Google. We talking Apple Podcasts and others. Check me out. Follow me. Hit the like, follow, subscribe, whatever it takes so that when that new episode comes out, Bing, you get that little thing up in the top of your notifications to let you know it's time to rock with me. Again, it's been Chris. It's been another episode of the Stay Ops Podcast. Enjoy, basketball fans. Enjoy this last dance documentary, episodes one and two. We'll talk about it. Enjoy that. Have a great day. Stay safe. This COVID out here is serious. Wash your hands. Stay clean. Stay home. Stay safe. Love you. Peace out.